Welcome to the Shoulda Backed It podcast. In this supercharged episode, we'll be setting a blistering pace as we review the weekend's racing. Headlined by Luna Fox's unexpected win in the Australian Guineas and Very Elegant's gutsy effort to take out the Chippy Norton. Joining me to talk through all the action is Australia's number one tipster and form analyst, Chris Venuccio. So, mate, how much did you have on Luna Fox on the weekend? Hello, Phil. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, as always, some great racing on Saturday. I have to admit, though, I didn't have a single dollar on Luna Fox. <laughs> oh, you'd be the only one. Yeah, it won quite well. I didn't win like a $301 shot, but, yeah, unfortunately, didn't have a dollar on it. And, you know, if they run that race again, I, I probably wouldn't have a dollar on it. I just couldn't see how anyone could back him on Saturday. But a few people did, and there's a big quaddy winner that came out of it. So, you know, some people did get lucky with him. Yeah, well, I was listening today, and I, even the owners and the trainer um, didn't have any money on it, so there weren't too many people expecting it to win. So the fact that it's popped up, and yeah, a couple of very lucky punters there on with the quaddies. I think it paid over half a million dollars in Victoria. So uh, yeah, Luna Fox and a couple other roughies on the day made it a tough day for punters. But you well, seem to well, think that you had a good day. So do you think it was a tough day? Do you think the bookies or the punters were on Saturday because? Apart from those two quaddy legs, there were still four favourites that got up on the day and a couple of second and third favourites. So I think if you picked the right horses earlier on in the program, you could have at least come out in front. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think a lot of people would have had Tagalora as one of their better of the day. And, I mean, I still it ran really well, obviously, but didn't salute. So, yeah, I think it would have been mixed results for the punters on the weekend. A lot of the uh, the multis and the like mine have got up. But individually, yeah, there, there was still plenty of money to be made with a uh, very well-specced favourite in the last shallow getting the job done and also another quite fancied runner, uh, star of the seas, getting the job done earlier in the day. Now, Big V, we've just talked about the Australian Guineas and Luna Fox's big win. I mean, what did you make of the race more generally? I mean, obviously Tagaloa, I thought that was a huge run out there in front over 1,600 and, and still kicked on well for third. And obviously we saw a very different race pattern, but Cherry Tortoni fly home as well. And you sometimes wonder, Cherry Tortoni could just be a bit closer in the run. It might win a couple of these. Yeah, Cherry Tortoni was unlucky again, you know, drawing wide barriers. I think next start, if he draws a good gate, he'll go very close. And he'll, I think he'll be favourite. He'll be a short price favourite when he goes to the 2040 Mooney Valley race. Just on the, the winner, just he was just in the, the right spot, as we mentioned before. Hard to believe that he won at $301, but he was just in the right spot the way the, the tempo of the race was going. With the favourite, um, Tagaloa, yeah, huge run. He got a bit of pressure up front from It's Our Time, who ended up finish, finishing 14th, seven lengths off the winner. So that was a big run from Tagaloa. He's still got to run out a solid 1,600 metres, but he did get a bit of pressure, but that's what you're going to get in Group 1 races. I thought the disappointment was Acer, and I've got to have him as my shoot-a-sacked horse. I put him on top because there was not much between him and Tagaloa last start in the CS Hayes. I thought maybe you know the addition of blinkers might add something to him, but I noticed that they didn't put the blinkers on. So, yeah, he was, he was disappointing. I, it'd be interesting to see if there was anything wrong Coming out of coming out of the race with him, and Ollie Kirk was the big disappointment as well. I mean, he would have had this field covered in the spring. A horse like Cherry Tortoni was behind him in the run and just 
ran past him pretty easily and a few others as well. So he was, he was another disappointment from the race. Well, I understand they've uh, instantly retired Ole Kirk. It's off to stud to enjoy a, a life out there. Uh, so, yeah, he might, he might have uh, done himself a favour, mate. But uh, I think the news gets better for the connections of Luna Fox because I've just uh, had a, a look and I see that it's got itself a spot in the All-Star Mile, which I guess if you'd said that to them a week ago, um, that you'd win the Australian Guineas and then get a spot in the All-Star Mile, uh, they probably wouldn't have believed you. No, certainly not. It's logical that the Caulfield Guineas winner will get a slot into the race, but when you have a $301 winner, you just got to assess whether it was a strong Guineas and whether... You know, the three-year-olds could match it with the older horses. I mean, Ollie Kirk was well beaten by Papa Bill and Acadia Queen in the Futurity. I mean, Luna Fox is beaten by five lengths here, but I don't think Ollie Kirk is is right, and obviously he's going to go to start. So I think he's going to be a bit of a, a bit of an ask for Luna Fox to be competitive in the All-Star Bowl. I think a few horses were pretty stiff not to get in. You mentioned Shalo. I wonder if they were asked or if they were offered a wild card because Shout the Bar was given a wild card. He finished third mm. in that race, in that last race. And I think Morvada was another horse that was unlucky not to be offered a wild card, winning at Flemington as well on Saturday. And he looks like, now that he's fit, he might be able to go on with it. So I thought he might have you know, been a bit stiff not to get a wild card as well. And, and Star of the Seas got one for winning the, the Blaney Stakes. I just wonder whether maybe even Buffalo River might have been considered. He would have added some good pace. He, he just went too fast, and he's only got run down in the last 50 metres. So well, if you wanted to inject a bit of pace, you could have got Buffalo River. Well, I think one of the others that got in was Streets of Avalon, which might uh, inject a little bit of pace there for your big V. A bit of a question mark on it, over 1,600, but I think it might you know, be, be the natural leader in the race by the looks of it. Well, I think um, he was on the wrong part of the track last start in the Futurity. He was definitely, not, sorry, not in the wrong part of the track, but he looked like he would get the lead pretty easily, but he, he, had a, he had to do a lot of work. He was four wide, and so he was probably a bit stiff, but he's probably not up to that grade of Arcadia Queen, but he, uh, probably a Russian Camelot. So, I, I, yeah, I don't see the, the merit in offering him a wild card, considering he's, he's ran against the opposition, he got well beaten. It might be interesting just getting a different form line come in and, and see what happens there. So I think a few yeah, a few horses were a bit stiff to miss out. I think Mugatu is a good choice, though, as a wild card. Well, it's interesting, Big V. This is clearly, I don't know, we're a little bit off topic now, but it's also obviously a big race coming up in a couple of weeks' time, but... It'd have to be the strongest all-star mile field we've seen over its three years. And I'd noticed that now five of the top six place getters in last year's Cox Plate are running in it. So it's, uh, it's looking like a very good field this time round, the all-star mile, and probably a worthy of its billing, you know, $5 million race. And hopefully we get a better price for probability and Arcadia Queen. I think the bookies have just put those two as the clear top picks and ignoring Russian Camelot. Star of the Seas and Nougatou. I mean, they'll add some competition. I mean, I, I think the two, one of the two mares will win, but I don't think they're $3.50 shots. I'm hoping, well, at least in, with Probabil, I'm, I'm going all in Probabil. I'm hoping you might be able to get at least $4 for her. I think with the quality in the field, including the likes of Sir Dragon A, Russian Camelot, etc., 
you're, you're likely not, yeah, I'd be holding off on that price at the moment, Big V, because there'll be plenty of money coming for a range of horses, I think, uh, on the day. But, look, I think even though Luna Fox, you know, it was a, a good win and, you know, it was a, nice to see a, a 300 to one shot winner, win a big group one. Chippy Norton, for me, was the best race of the day. He had five horses battling it out at the finish there. Uh, very elegant. Once again, picks up her seventh group one, just nudging out Colette. And uh, a fast finish, finishing Abilius as well, Big V, which I, I bet would have upset you if it had got over the line. But very elegant, still the best horse in the country. Yeah, she is, and she'll just keep improving when she gets out to 2,000, 2,400. I think at those distances, I think the only horse that could possibly beat her would be a deep the international and Adib, I think Adib won Adib did beat very elegant last autumn, I can't remember if it was the once or two times got it twice it's got to, oh twice sorry, yeah so it's going to be another you know, great battle between those two I mean I think very elegant's even gone to another level since last autumn so I, I do see in some of the early markets Adib is ahead of her for the Queen Elizabeth so if that's the case I'm, I might be I might be willing to have something on her to beat him um, getting, if we're getting a decent price. Could could be the one of the battles of the autumn, that one, mate. I, I really do think that's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah, very elegant. Has even improved on that, as you said. And we, we don't quite know where Adib is at, or we, we'll, but we'll see, I suppose, when uh, when it hits the shores. And I think Adib is, he's like very elegant, he's very good on heavy tracks, but very elegant has proven us. She's proven on good tracks. I know she's a she's probably a better horse or could be unbeatable against Australian opposition on heavy wet tracks. Yeah, you know, you know, depending on how well Colette comes through. But I think on a good track, yeah, you, know, you might have to lean towards very elegant over a deep. Mm. Well, I do think Colette's in the conversation now. Definitely proven that she's up to that real high quality Group One level and one of the better horses going around as well. But uh, speaking of horses that are going well and the blamey stakes, you mentioned earlier Star of the Seas managed to not only win that race but pick up its a place in the All-Star Miles off the back of it. Uh, and it's my should have backed it for the weekend, Big V. I, I did gravitate towards 50 stars just at the price. I think I got about $10 on the day. But I, I was pretty keen on Star of the Seas in this event and just didn't end up backing it. So when it got over the line running down a, a very uh, bullish... Buffalo River, it must be said. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed. I, I wasn't on the winner there. Yeah, Star of the Seas, I just couldn't bring myself to to back him from going from 1,200 to 1,600, but you know, clearly Chris Weller had a plan. I was on Star of the Seas in the Epsom last, in the spring, and he was a little bit disappointing that day, so that's also was playing on the back of my mind. But it was a, it was a good win. I, mean, I don't think you can beat... Probabil, if you go by the Epsom result last spring. Buffalo River just went too hard, but I think there's not much he could do because he looked like the, the sole leader, but there's a, a few horses that were pushing him up front. And he didn't, they didn't give him the lead easily, and, and Jamie Carr just had to let him roll. And, you know, he, he was in it for a long way. He was always going to weaken in the last 50 to 100, and, and he got overrun, you know, with 50 metres to go. So, I don't know where to from him. He's a type of horse. It's always going to be risky backing him, particularly if he's a short favourite, because he just knows only how to go one way. And if he gets the, if he if he can slow down a little bit, he's always hard to run down. But I think opposition jockeys are are attuned to that, so they're not going to make it easy for him. 
No, it's a, it's a difficult style to not a very sustainable style of, of racing that one. It'll pick up a few wins, but yeah, pretty tough on the horse to make it go go at that speed and, and try to uh, to win on a regular basis. But I was a little bit surprised by its starting price, to be honest. Big V, two dollars eighty or so. There was some pretty high quality Group One performed horses in that race that I thought were going to be pretty competitive against it. So I was happy to steer clear of it on the weekend but one horse you wish you hadn't steered clear of was in race four at uh flemington there and superdar which uh which won the race uh talk us through that one mate yeah just he was coming he was second up after a long break and he won oh, his first up run was pretty good and i wasn't sure about him going 14 to 12 but 1200 down the flemington straight you, you can do that and i was with the fine dancer because he had that form down the down the straight. He was a dominant winner at Flemington, but as we saw with the, the track conditions, he had to be closer to the outside rail than the inside rail. And you know, I, I took that risk with the fine dancer from Barrier One, and he's finished you know second last, which was I think was a surprise in itself. But Subida came in off a strong first up run, and he drew wide. I think you know maybe instinct would tell you with, with the straight race it's always better to draw wide than close to the rail mm. well funnily enough big v my sacked horse was a nomin- nominated in that race as well and it ended up going in the, and racing in the get out stakes in sydney and that was the short price favorites a cat which uh i'll tell you what it's pretty well named isn't it because it is a bit of a cat look loomed to win again looked like it had every chance and if you were on it you were pretty pretty comfortable on the turn but Gee, horses were sailing past it in the last little bit and very disappointing effort on its account. Yeah, you couldn't back that horse again, even... No. I mean, particularly, it's always going to come up short. It probably needs to get beaten two or three more times before you start getting you know, a decent price about it. But even then, you wouldn't want to take that risk. If it gets up and wins one day, you know, at $2.50, you know, all well and good. I don't need to get on it. I wasn't on it on the weekend. I... I was keen to back it as a as a get out horse if you feel getting that two sixty two seventy price, but I think it just it was just getting too well found and everyone was making it its the best bet of the day and and you know, punters got burned again with Zakat and yeah I think you just got to steer clear from him. Yeah, I was lucky I had a little bit of uh, profit in the kitty mate because um Zakat was not a good way to end my day unfortunately. But uh, I want to look a bit forward now, Big V. We've obviously got we're we're out in the swing of the autumn autumn carnival now, and some big Group One races coming up. And I uh, wanted to get your early thoughts on the races for uh, coming up this week, Big V. So I guess uh, the first one I wanted to look at was the new market. So uh, last week you told me that September run couldn't be beaten. Still the case? I don't think I said it in those words. Oh, basically, mate. As as good as you. She's going to be she's going to be very hard to beat, but. Again, as we saw with how the track played on Saturday, if she draws barrier one, that's going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works. So it just depends on where she draws. I mean, she might draw barrier one and still wins, but, you know, are you prepared to back her at $2.10 if she draws an inside gate? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm finding it hard to find something to beat her, but... I want to wait and see what the barriers are first. Well, Big V, you've got the inside knowledge, mate. You're speaking to all the uh, the key people in the industry. Who's going to run in it? I think that's a key point too. So, yeah, maybe I am happy at $2.50 or whatever it is if, if a few of its made competitors aren't in the race. But, 
it's a bit uncertain who's going to be in it at the moment. Well, you know that Bivouac and Nature Strip aren't going to be there. And Hawkeye on her will be running in Sydney as well. So that leaves like horses like Swats that. I see Serious Suspect in the market, Celebrity Queen, Elite Street, you know, Kennel Pasta, Zutori, Brooklyn Hustle. I just, I, this looks like a pretty weak edition of the new market, apart from maybe the two, three-year-old fillies. So it's going to be hard to, for them to beat September run if he's on her game. You know, maybe the other three-year-old filly swats that could possibly cause an upset if she gets that, you know, preferred run, you know. You know, if September run draws inside and she draws outside, that could change the result. Yeah, look, it'd be a turnaround, though. They've had a couple battles up the straight, those two, and I think September runs managed to beat swats that. Uh, by about the same distance, actually, on the on the few occasions they've managed to race. Uh, just taking a look down at the uh, the odds at the moment, I'm not sure if it is planning to run. I think it is Zutori at sixteen dollars. Uh, not the worst bet down the straight at Flemington. No, she's not. She's not a good Flemington form. I uh, just should have a look and see how she went in the Oakley Plate because uh, around a nice fourth, I think, so around that's around there or just after, uh, maybe fifth or yeah, sixth. Seventh. Seventh, oh. but only beaten the length, and oh, she had the top weight as well. And you know, she goes better at at Flemington. So yeah, she's she's in it as well. She's a she's a very strong place chance. Yeah, look, I just saw sixteen dollars and thought that's seemed a little bit overs. Now, a horse that I don't think's overs, but a really good chance in the Australian Cup uh, off the back of its run on the weekend was Fifty Stars. So. We've got that race coming up. We've got another favourite of yours in the market for the Australian Cup, Defibrillate, at $10. It obviously missed the Mornington Cup, did it? Or is that coming on later? Uh, we've got Shan Ambition at $9 and Nonconformist in the market as well. To tell you what, just looking at that on paper, 50 stars looks well-placed. He does. It just depends on how well he backs up from Saturday because that was a, a, a very fast race set by Buffalo River and he was coming back from last and, you know, he was... We, we thought he was going to struggle at, at one point because he was under riding. He couldn't keep up, could he? He couldn't keep up at the turn. Yeah, so it just depends on how he backs up. And, you know, if he backs up well, he, he looks well placed. If not, I'm still in the corner of shared ambition. I thought that was a, you know, not a race for him to elevate off last start. Well, if you like share ambition, then surely you've got a, a spot for parody in your thoughts as well. Yeah, parody as well. Um, but she did control the tempo last start, so circumstances might be a little bit different in the Australian Cup. Uh, we'll, we'll head over to the border into Sydney, the main race up there, the Randwick Guineas. Uh, Aegon, uh, still undefeated, came over here, beat this field last start, so at $2.30, you'd say that's pretty reasonable at this point. Yeah, I think the favourite in the Randwick Guineas looks like is the one to beat. If... if if he gets too short and September run gets too short, you can always throw them in an, in an all-up bet. That might be the play on the weekend. Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely they'll both win, though, Big V. Now, I'm looking at the, the odds here, and you've got Forbidden Love, who won very well on the weekend, and North Pacific, that's, you know, $9. I thought it ran a lot better last start, and third up might might be out of challenge as well. So, now, the more I look at it, uh, at $2, I might be happy to uh, just play around with some of the uh, longer-priced horses in that race. Yeah, I think the Kiwi might be tough to beat here. I mean, 
you you have a good record backing against the favourites, so you should. I reckon you should get on some lay betting yourself. <laughs> well, we, we talked through that last week, Big B. I thought we put a line through that. Now, mate, uh, now that we've had a look through the field, can you give us your top tip for each of the races, starting with the new market? Well, the new market, September run, Australian Cup, I'll stick with Shared Ambition and Randwick Guineas, Aegon. Brilliant. Uh, write those in the, in the diary, guys. Can't, can't lose. Multi them all up, bit of a... Uh, all up bet there, Big V, and you'll um, have some very happy listeners here. Now, uh, just finally, mate, we are doing a bit of a quicker podcast this week. A couple of horses to follow out of yesterday's meeting. I think we've discussed the ones I thought about, 50 stars straight into the Australia Cup. I think 450 is pretty good. Um, you might get a little bit more on the day, though, so I reckon just hold off on backing 50 stars. And, yeah, Cherry Tortoni, wherever it goes next, I'll be taking a good look. Any that stood out for you, mate? I'm going to follow Indian Pacific, second to Fabergino. Yeah. We were both on her on Saturday. And after, I think it was the Kensington Stakes, when we were on Pizzardo and Fabergino just bolted in, I was kicking myself that day. When I saw her accepted, I wasn't going to miss out on her this weekend. So, yeah, the two WA horses are both good. I'm going to follow Indian Pacific. And actually, there's another WA horse that I'm going to follow too from... Race three, platoon. Mm. That was a big run from back in the field to finish third behind Mobata. Yeah, no, very good, very good effort that one. Uh, and I think yeah, I've heard a couple of people just mention that it slipped into their black book. So uh, yeah, and good point about Fabergino. When uh, when I saw it there against a similar field to it, it beat a couple of starts back, uh, I thought of you, Big V, and you saying I'm getting on it next time. So it ended up being both of our one of our best bets for the weekend, and uh, we were just proven right, which was a, a good result. Uh, now, mate, uh, you big big long weekend plan? You getting out to the races this weekend or just uh, going to be watching from the couch? No, I've got a baptism on oh. Saturday to go to, so it might be a bit hard to watch a few races, so I might have to go with the old, you know, I need to go to the bathroom trick. And oh, how long does a baptism speak. go through? I haven't been to a baptism in a while, Big V, but that couldn't take all afternoon. No, it's uh, an evening baptism but we have to go to uh, the parents house in the afternoon and i don't think the tv is going to be turned on the races so i have to come up with some creative ways just to catch a few races on the day you're not the godfather are you mate no no i'm not the godfather oh well, we'll no, have to we'll have to rectify that situation i think you'd make a good godfather be out there on ligon street twirling your your pasta <laughs> well i've got to convince uh, you guys to join me I'd log on street one night for a bowl of pasta. Doesn't take much convincing for me, mate. And if I had managed to pick up the, the quaddy last weekend, I might have even shouted you a bowl. But uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. And good luck with the baptism. But uh, obviously, better luck with your punting uh, throughout the day because I know it'll be a big one there on Saturday. So thanks for your time, mate. Always good to chat. I hope, uh, and thanks to all the listeners. Uh, I, I alluded to the fact that we are putting our best bets back on the actual to back to Twitter handle. Uh, did pretty well last week, I thought, Big V. So, yeah, take a look at that on Saturday morning, listeners, and you'll get our best bets for the day uh, there. But otherwise, thanks for listening to this Should Have Backed It podcast, and as always, good luck on the punt.